You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Hello, hello, SG listeners. Welcome back to the Systematic Ecology Drive-In. Today we are talking about one of my all-time favorite movies, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Guys, I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Knoll. I am here with the the true king, the real king of Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, Kennedy. You know, you've been uh, watching any good movies lately? Good movies? Uh, no, no. I have to say, yesterday, <laughs> I tried to watch uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, I, I got halfway that. in and I said, you know what, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm going to bed. I didn't even finish the movie. I was like, this is horrible. I've heard both. I've heard some people were like, this is awful. And some people were like, it's pretty good. It's just the same as the old ones. And I was like, I still haven't got around to it. So I guess the hype is, is not there. No, I don't <laughs> I like, not, the, not, like not, the original no. Ghostbusters. And I'm like, yeah. that was good enough for me. I don't really, I don't need more. I will watch it. I don't need more. Yeah, no, it was, it was not that pleasant. For me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, today we are talking about Indiana Jones. And for me, ever since I was just born, I've been watching these just constantly. I doubt I've gone a year of my life without seeing at least one of these movies. It is. It's one of those. I was talking to Kino before we started recording. It's one of those things where all geeks are almost obligated to at least like Indiana Jones. You don't find that many that this is one of their favorites. And for me, this is top of the list is Indiana Jones. My favorite actually is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. So naturally, that's not going to be one of the ones we cover during this summer's <laughs> drive-in <laughs> series. But right up there with it is Raiders of the Lost Ark. It inspired much of just how I live, how I do everything. Um, it's just been there since I was a child. I grew up going to Disney World, and you know they have the Indiana Jones Spectacular in Hollywood Studios. I tried every year that I've ever been, and I go to Disney almost every year. I've tried to get in that show. And a couple of years ago, when I finally brought TJ and I wore my Indiana Jones hat, they pulled me up on stage and I got to be there with Indiana Jones and I got to be one of those like, you know, the background characters. And guys, it was a blast. Kino, how are you? This uh, we are doing the way we're doing our SG drive ins is we're selecting a movie from everyone's birth year. Kino, I believe this one is yours. Yes. Uh, how are you first introduced to Indiana Jones? So I was introduced. I'm going to date myself. When when my cousin brought home the uh, blockbuster tape, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, that's how I was introduced into to the late Raiders of the Lost Ark, and so that I've been hooked ever since. Um, I used to watch them when they used to come on cable, or mm-hmm. whenever they come on. T- I I sit <laughs> and watch all of them because they, they're yes, all of these are great movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have uh, countless times. Have I introduced uh, younger millennials or Gen Z's to these movies? And I still have yet to convince my wife to watch an Indiana Jones movie. It's coming, though. It's coming. <laughs> Indiana Jones and Star Wars, th- these are just part of my life. <laughs> like Just because the way I grew up with them and the way like I actually went part of my schooling. I wanted to take I was like dead set when I went to college. I wanted to take some archaeology classes. And I actually took <laughs> Bible and archaeology because of Indiana Jones. Did you? Yeah, and it's it was honestly it was one of my favorite classes, and I'm still fascinated with just archaeology and the Bible. Anytime we dig up anything, yeah. I know last week actually we dug up the oldest reference to Yahweh 
that we've found yet. I mean, the date hasn't been confirmed, but they're pretty sure, I guess. I don't I don't know how that works. I just like I just think it's cool. And it's funny that the reference was it was just this tablet where someone is just cursing someone in the name of Yahweh. And it was I was, when I was told TJ about it. He was like, it's like a like an angry tweet almost. Someone's just there with a stone in a chat because the way it reads, it's like I curse you and Yahweh. I curse your life and Yahweh. I curse your family and Yahweh. I curse your death and Yahweh. It's like, gosh, man, I don't know what this guy did to you. Highly pissed, highly pissed to write it down. Okay, <laughs> to write to I'm sorry to chisel it down. He was yeah, like way, really pissed. Okay, I just want you to know, you know, yeah. forget you and your mama. <laughs> yeah, I I would love to know what what the guy did who deserved to be cursed <laughs> like that man. Oh man, he stole so, his goat. So this is a this is a what if question. I, I just kind of I like this this visual. If if we had just gone to for the first time to the theater to watch Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and we left the theater, this is our first time seeing it. What do you think would be? What would you say? Like, how, what would you say about it if we had just left the theater together? I would probably be like, "Wow, that was awesome." Yeah, I, I would be like, "Wow, that's that was awesome." Just 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 uh, like Joe was talking about earlier, just a cinematic. The 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 way the film is shot and observed, and to be able to see that in a theater with all the stuff that comes on, I I would literally be doing the IMAX 3D whatever, 4D whatever, whatever, just to, just to say <laughs> oh, yeah. I want it all, and oh, yeah. I would come out and be like, this is awesome, this just just wow, yeah, the the way. Uh- this one, it, the, something about the music, the feel of it, mm-hmm. uh, just the way that Harrison Ford carries himself in the film. It, it's uh, all inspiring. Didn't like, John Williams like, do the score for this one too? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. was another one of his. And man, yeah. it's one where I imagine leaving the theater the same way like when I watch the movie, it's like I'm inspired. I feel like I need to go do something. Like it's not <laughs> it's not the kind of movie that you watch and you're like, well, that was, that was a good movie. It's a, hey, I want to go. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it motivates you. Right. Something about it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I just, I can't figure out if I had left a theater, like, I feel like I would be like, guys, we have to go, but where, where are we going? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, no. <laughs> but no, you're right, man. This, 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 this film was just, just wonderful. And I forgot about John Williams. I played the saxophone um, in high school and I know that playing Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, was the highlight of in the band. I know it was because it, oh, yeah. it was it was oh, a yeah. huge thing. Oh yeah, and this this movie had the the full trifecta, if you will. Mm-hmm. It had the legendary Harrison Ford, the legendary John Williams, and the legendary Steven Spielberg. And it's like, man, they are still, you know, um, don't forget now, George Lu- George Lucas was an executive producer on this. Yeah, yeah, you got George Lucas. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. So the four, I mean, trifecta sounds cooler, but, it, you know, we got the four pillars of film history. Yeah, yeah. quadrilateral. Man, <laughs> of course, the, the Methodist is going to bring up a quadrilateral. Um, <laughs> uh, man, but they, all legends making this, made a legendary film, and it's, I don't, I don't even know, like, I don't have words for how great this film really is. Um, but, but if we had to pin it down, Kino, mm. what exactly makes the Indiana Jones movies so great? I think the adventures, I think the adventures 
um, in of themselves makes it great. And then watching Indy get in, get in and out of trouble and wondering, oh my gosh, because it, it keeps going. Like there's, there's going to be another adventure after another adventure after another adventure, all in the same movie. It's which makes it even better. Which makes it even better. So so yeah, I think the adventures, that's that's what I would say. Oh yeah. The Yes. <laughs> and for, for me too, it's not just that. It's I this movie inspired so much in me. I for for those who don't know, I am a Christian and I believe my faith and I'm very spiritual, but I also love studying religions. And and there's two different there's two different pages to this, right? They're studying theology and what you believe and then studying religion almost as an outsider to see what makes it up, what makes up a religion. And Indiana Jones is, I think, the thing that inspired my passion towards studying religion as a religion, you know, because you have in this movie, it's, you know, the the Ark of the Covenant, which is Mm -hmm. Judaism, Christianity, that kind of stuff. The next movie, we're getting into some Hindu stuff. Mm -hmm. The next movie, we're getting into like, it's specifically Catholic stuff. And it's like these movies have its today. We shy away from religion in movies, I feel like. But this it's like we're going to treat religion as religion, keep the mystic part of it and pair it with this adventure spirit. Every beat is just wonderful. And then you have the music. Then you have the I don't know how Steven Spielberg does film, but man, does he do it? And he does it well. Yeah, to to the to the extent that you know, Stranger Things is so big now, and the reason it's big is because they're trying to mimic Steven Spielberg. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't gotten into Stranger Things. Uh, one of my best friends has been trying to get me to in, get me into it. I, I'm just, I don't know. That's just, not... <laughs> you know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I understand why it's great because I'm watching it and I'm like, this is just people being Steven Spielberg. And they say that, that that's where they got their inspiration. But I'm like, I I'm watching this thinking I'd rather just watch a Steven Spielberg film. Right. Right. You know, right. I just watch ET. I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. So I, I mentioned it earlier, the archeology span part of it, which of course, one of the first things when you take an archeology span class is he goes, this is not Indiana Jones, <laughs> which well, I that, knew that going in. Right. I yeah, knew. But, no, no, that's, I'll be like, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I want the same adventure. Yes. <laughs> you know you what I'm saying? Give me this. <laughs> I will write a what? What is it? You you can do reviews for professors. I forget what it's called, but I'm, I'm going to write one. It's going to be bad, right? Right. Oh no! But like I went into it, and I knew what it is is more studying and digging and taking these things and figuring out what it means. And going in knowing that, I was excited for. It. I'm still excited for. It. I still love archaeology, and. Christians have kind of a weird relationship with archaeology. So, so I, I, you know what? Funny enough, if, if my memory serves me correct, I could be wrong, but you took archaeology, so correct me. Uh, but I believe that it was it was the study of the Bible that kicked off archaeology. Is it not? Um, I want to say yes, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, so I don't want anybody so, to quote me. <laughs> so, so this this is my this is my layman thoughts is that. That it was because of the study of the Bible that folks started to say, okay, where where is this place at? Oh, we found or or, or we found um uh Jericho, you know, all those places. And so I, I believe, I could be wrong, but I, I believe, I'm 80% sure that um, archaeology came out of just the study of the Bible and just trying to find the biblical places that was mentioned, I think. 
but I'm not 100% sure. About yeah, I think that's right, but I'm not sure. I do know Christians initially really embraced archaeology because right. it's proving a lot of the stuff that the Bible said. You're right. like, hey, we, we see this thing that the Bible said was here, and here it yes. is. And yes, yes. Coming up with that. But but the, the problem I have, and this is, I'd love to get your take on this. The same Christians who, who will, you know, uplift the Dead Sea Scrolls and that kind of stuff that we get from archaeology will turn around when archaeology comes up with something that maybe contradicts what we thought the Bible meant about something and be like, well, you know, they're just trying to disprove Christianity. Archaeologists hate Jesus, basically, is kind of the, the feel. And I'm like, you, you can't have it both ways, right? Like, no. you so either. I, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think a part of that is, is that because we see the, the, the Bible as the infallible, inerrant word of God. Yeah. That that anything that's contra- contrary or contradictory to that word is wrong. However, mm-hmm. there is there. <laughs> here's here's it's, it's a touch of something. I done got you started, on. didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did, you did, you did, you did. Uh, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The the sad truth is that those individuals who who hold fast to that doctrine, because it is a doctrine then treats the Bible itself as God. And that's a problem. Yeah, it, is, I, it is the word of God inspired through men to write down the thing. The, here's the thing. The, the scripture records <laughs> God's interaction in, in history. That's what scripture records. It's not an accurate tale of history. It just records God's interaction with history at that time when it was written. It's so much more that was not written that was not that even in the Bible, the Bible itself referenced other texts that's not in the Bible. Yeah. But they don't want to talk about that though. I I get really annoyed. This is <laughs> this is a little bit of a tangent, but I get a little annoyed at how we we use see clearly these people in the Bible thought this was scripture, and that's how we know that this is scripture. But they use the book of Enoch the same way, and we all act yeah. like it's not even a thing. Right, right. <laughs> What's Thank that you, about? Sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, but but uh, so 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 <laughs> it's it is it is the lack of understanding and the 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 that doctrine of inerrancy, which says that the, there's no errors, there's no wrong in Scripture, um, which which I understand. The 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 thought process behind it, but but that's again, it is it is the word of God inspired by men to be written down. God's interaction in history that that is that is what's happening here, and most of it it was an oral tradition anyway. And somebody was like, you know what, these old people are dying. Let's write down what they know. (laughs) (laughs) That's what really happened. That's what really happened anyway. But 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 to say then that. When someone finds something that's contrary to what the Bible says, and oh, they're trying to disprove the no, that is what we believe about God cannot be contained in the scriptures because God is outside of that scripture. It's, it says that the, the 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 heavens and the earth declare His beauty, and if we look at the heavens and and all that it encompasses, we still don't know all this out there. Yeah, we don't know all this, but 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 it still declares the handiwork of God. It's just. Just stop, stop, stop arguing. Just, <laughs> just stop yeah. fighting. Just it ain't, it ain't worth it. Man, see, 
like I said, I have a passion for this specific topic. So I've got plenty, plenty to say about that. Yes, First, I'm, I'm I want to say, I believe inerrancy in a way. I believe that the Bible is not without, is without error, is without fault. The problem then is that does not mean your translation and your interpretation of it is without error. Yeah, but that's, but, that's but, a big but, difference. But but we been, we then believe that the King James version of the Bible oh, man. is the correct version <laughs> of the Bible. But I try to tell my folks, I said, uh, get you a good study Bible. Yeah. And and in the study Bible, read the editor's notes and it, they will tell you specifically how they came about the translation that they use, the wording that they use, the grammar mm-hmm. that they use, all that other stuff. But we don't want to do that. No, it's the, it, it has to be King James. If it don't have no if if there's no red letter words, no thus thousand these, I don't want it. Yeah. Well, this is fun. So recently, I want to say it's in the last month, the NRSV released its newest update. Did they? And this is something. Yeah. Yeah. So this is fun. They based off of findings from the Dead Sea Scrolls. So a lot of times these newer versions or these updates of the Bible, where we think of it as newer, are really older in a sense that they are taking the older text and becoming more accurate to that. Correct. So that whole argument... I hate that. Well, the King James was good enough for my grandpa and his grandpa. And I'm like, well, guess what? Many more generations use this other version. <laughs> Many more generations considered all these other books, the Bible from the Catholic tradition, even. Right. So I will. Yeah. But I will say this. I will say this about the King James version. The King James version of the Bible. It's good. It is good. And it's supposed to be read out loud. Oh, yeah. It is a it is a book that was written to be heard and not read silently. Yeah. 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 I'm not bashing. I don't want, I don't mean to be bashing any no, specific translation, but it is important that we realize these are translations. No. Yeah, they are. And this is another, another thing I like to harp on is people who talk about biblical literalism. It doesn't mean that the Bible's literally true. Literalism actually means the plain reading. I don't even know if I agree with that, but the plain reading isn't always what literally happened. When I read the book of no. Psalms and read the, him saying, no. it's a blessing wait, to take babies wait, against hold rocks. On, hold on, Josh. Hold on. Mean hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Here's, here's a, the, the issue is, is that the English translation <laughs> of the Bible is the problem. It is, yeah. it is the English <laughs> translation because these authors and editors are trying to figure out how can we can convey. I'll give you a great example. I used to teach this a lot. The, uh, the, in, the, in the Hebrew text, heart... What the word that's translated to heart is live, L-I-V, mm-hmm. which means head and heart. Yeah. To them, there was no disconnection between the two. That was all one and the same. However, when you are translating the text from Hebrew, Masoretic Hebrew, into modern day English, you got to decide, are we talking about giving God all of your head? That don't sound right. <laughs> that, don't, ooh, that don't sound right. Pause. We know. No, you got to say, give God all of your heart. That sounds better. But but no, it's it's it, yeah. it's so so so. If it, here's my point. English is inadequate. <laughs> English is inadequate to understand the true complexity of the text as it was yeah. written, because there are there are true. there are literary. Uh, uh, tricks and and rules that they use. Take Psalms. What is it? Psalms one nineteen, the largest book. Oh man! And hope it is written cool in alphabetical order. 
It is written in Hebrew alphabetical order. Every verse, every word that begins the the verse of each one starts off the Hebrew alphabet. Yeah. And much like, just to bring it back to archaeology, because archaeology is what's informing these translations, all these things we're talking about. We know it because of archaeology, because of the real Indiana Joneses out there. Yeah. what, what's fun is you got to think for, for years, we thought when the Bible said four corners of the earth, that that meant the earth is flat. Then we discovered it wasn't. And that was an opportunity to read the Bible with a new understanding. When archaeology contradicts what we think the Bible means, it's not, oh, the Bible's wrong. It gives us an opportunity to say, hey, our assumptions were wrong. Correct. The Bible becomes alive again. That's exciting. That's not yes. bad. That's exciting, man. No, so that's, 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 that's a word that I want to just point out it's called cognitive cognitive dissidence when that what i believe is contrary mm-hmm. to the truth mm-hmm. i have a problem with it and it makes me feel uncomfortable mm. that's that's the word for the day okay amen cognitive dissidence <laughs> cognitive dissidence yeah that's the word for the day <laughs> amen and hallelujah what do, what do we do about it well, like, how, how do i know if that's me how do i know if if i'm the one who's just believing what i want as opposed to what's true so, so if if you feel uncomfortable, if you if you if you feel a rise within you about something that's being presented that's contrary to what you thought, then the problem is you. Okay, if you want to fight and say that ain't right, <laughs> that's you. All right, good to know. <laughs> well, so there was one other beat to all this that that I wanted to mention before we got off. Because archaeology is cool. Archaeology is fun. Understanding how our Bible translations come about are incredibly important. Another beat. Another beat in this. They find the lost ark. That's what the whole movie is about. Right. We still don't actually know where the Ark of the Covenant is. So so first, first, Kino, where do you think the Ark is? If you had to just guess. No, no. So so I, I believe that the Ark of the Covenant is in Ethiopia. Okay. So there is there is there's a there's a tradition that teaches that. After the fall of the temp- the Solomon's the first temple, Solomon's temple, mm-hmm. um, Solomon's son, uh, I can't think of his name, with the queen of Ethiopia. I can't remember her name. I, I want to say Sheba, but that's not her name. Um, I really should have studied up on this first. <laughs> no, no, I, so I don't. I know this, but I know I don't know. That. Anyway, anyway, yeah, there, there's a belief. There's a belief that the Ark of the Covenant, the actual Ark of the Covenant, is in Ethiopia. And it is in this sacred house that only the priest can go in once a year. And what they do is they'll bring out the replica and they'll cover it up and celebrate it. That so that's what I believe is in Ethiopia. That's just just me. All right. I have a conspiracy theory. Okay. (laughs) I I actually like I'm borderline believe this. I'm not sure if I do, but I borderline believe that the Vatican has it. Right. Oh, like, in my mind, I'm like, the Vatican's already found this thing because it's the Vatican. It's what it does. If they, and if they, if they not, had not, it, hold on. Now, if they had it, they would have said we got it. Here's why I think they wouldn't, though. Okay. Because then you would have Jewish believers trying to fight them for it. I feel like if they just keep quiet about it, they can hold on to it. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not <laughs> going to argue with that. I'm just okay. I'm throwing out a conspiracy here for everybody. I got Okay. Okay. I can see, I can see that. I mean, now, now, granted, the Vatican does have a lot of stuff that we don't know. Yeah, half. They hide stuff, man. They hide a lot of stuff. (laughs) 
I don't uh, know if it's scary or cool, but it's one of the two. <laughs> it's one of the two. It's one of the two. But but yeah. So no, okay, okay. So yeah, but I yeah, okay, I got you. I got you. So the Vatican has it. Is that a, is that an actual conspiracy though? Or that's one you came up with. That's one that That's a great question. I came up with it, but I feel like it probably exists also. <laughs> oh man. Oh goodness. I, Okay, oh, so, so talking about the art, you know what I love about this movie? What's that? Indiana Jones and everybody wants to see it open. Yes. And yeah. you know what? There's real power. They didn't just say it was opened and up. It's just another artifact. No, they mean there was fire from the heavens. <laughs> they just confirmed God exists in Indiana Jones, man. No matter what, you cannot deny his existence in this movie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So but my, what's crazy is how sacred they treat it. Even the archaeologists. Yeah, no, because you got to, you got to, listen, listen, archaeologists by trade have to be believers, okay? They just have to be believers. I'm just making it up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, but, man. but, but, but the, the thing is that you got to remember in, in the story, I can't remember where it is in the Bible, but, but remember when, when the, uh, the ark was being carried back into Jerusalem yeah. and they had fallen off the, whole, uh, the, the, it's, it's uh, it's a buggy or whatever it was, and yeah, and somebody touched it. And he died. I was like, I don't, I don't want that smoke. I know he was trying to catch it. He was trying to help it. I, was, I don't want that smoke. I would have left it right there. You know what? This is too much for me. I'm going. We're just gonna leave it right here. Y'all gonna have to figure out how to bring this home. Well, that's that's the perfect segue to my question. When we look at we look at that story in the Bible, we look at how they treat the ark in this movie. It's sacred. And that's one thing that, that studying world religions, the, that word comes up, up a lot, the sacred. Something is sacred to you. If you're a geek, you know, maybe it's Star Wars and people can't touch Star Wars because that's sacred to you. I wonder, does has the modern church lost the sense of sacred? Do we treat anything like it can't be touched? or Because I feel like I don't, I don't have things like I can make jokes about my Bible or whatever. I can make jokes about the Ark, whatever. I don't. Do we have something that's sacred still? Yes. Uh, me being a pastor... There, there are the the most sacred thing of any Christian church is communion. Mm. It yeah. is it's, okay, it's, it's, communion. it's communion, regardless of how you observe it or when you observe it. It is still a very sacred, sacred uh, part of our tradition and and our worship experience. And so that to me, I thought about this a lot. And I was wondering, because you're right, you're like, we can make jokes all the time. Listen, I, I'm I'm type person, we throw the whole whole tradition away. We ain't wearing no robes. We ain't wearing, I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt every Sunday if they'll let me. Okay. And then we just sit out and have discussions. That's it. But 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 I think I think yeah, I think it's it is it is communion in of itself. I didn't even think of that. And I think part of why is I'm used to going to churches where and, and th- this isn't this isn't a bad thing. I'm not trying to say this is a bad thing, but I'm used to going to churches where we have communion. They don't really say anything about it other than, you know, this is represents the body. What? This represents the blood. What? I, I don't have a lot of if you're not Christian, you shouldn't take it. I don't have a lot of teachings about about it that go along with it. What? And one thing. You're going to make me, you gonna make wait, me wait, get wait. up, bust up my, my whole yeah. ritual. We got a whole ritual, sir. We got a whole, that's a, that's a call and response that the people do. Yeah. I I started going to a Lutheran church more recently, and it's like it's like a whole ordeal at the yeah. end of service. And I'm yeah. like, even the churches I've been to that are like non-denominational, you just kind of, you, you came up and you grabbed it. He would read the scripture. You took it. Now it's just kind of the end of service, maybe two minutes at the end thrown on, you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> yo, yo, I, I, but I, 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 I understand. I do, I do, because I've been to, I've been to a mega church, and, and it is, it is that feel of that. It's, it's just a regular thing uh, that happens on a normal Sunday. But that's not, that's, that's no, like, like in any. Let me say this: any high church which has a lot of pomp and circumstances and all the other stuff, uh, they will, they, there is, there is a, a ritual in of itself and a, and a, and a, um, a respect for that thing. And, and God forbid, Josh, if you come to my church <laughs> and you chewing gum on first Sunday, somebody going to say something. Now, any other time <laughs> it's fine, but not on first Sunday. Okay. Not on first Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I see. I want to say I, I believe that higher churches can learn from some of the lower churches uh, as far as like the you know come as you are kind of mindset. I feel like yeah. that's great. I think maybe this is one of those things the lower churches need to learn from the higher churches, though. We need to treat this thing as sacred. Um, yeah, it's it is it is it is the it, to me. I don't know if I'll, I'll say it here, but I'll say it anyway. To me, any Christian church do two things. I don't care what denomination it is, but for for my definition of a Christian church has to have baptism and communion because those are things mm. Jesus said we yeah. should do. Absolutely. So, so if you if you're not if you baptize and you have communion, I don't care what denomination you is, you cool with me. But if yeah. you're not doing both of those, <laughs> that's a problem. Um, yeah, that doesn't problem. matter how they do those two nope. things. Nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. All right. As so, long as you're doing it. What? What do you think like would change? What would help like how would it add value to those churches who maybe are a little bit more passive? How would it add value to treat communion more sacred? So I think I think a part of that has to do with the leadership. Because if the leadership would treat it as as such, and maybe that's not what they were taught. Maybe they don't understand, but but the history of the church, the early church, was that's the reason we came to, we came together on Sunday, <laughs> yeah, not Saturday, which is the Sabbath. Yeah. Okay, the I'm sorry to <laughs> yeah. tell everybody the Sabbath is Saturday evening. Okay, go to rest. You Take see, a nap, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but that was the reason why we came together on Sunday to commemorate that when he got up on Sunday morning and to observe communion. We that's why we came together in the early church. That was the whole reason of us coming together and worshiping was to have communion because Jesus said, "As do this as often as you as you drink in remembrance of me." And that's what we do. But but I think that a part of it is that the leadership doesn't wasn't trained and or doesn't understand the significance because I mean, yes, Jesus said we should do it. But but it is it is it is a commemoration of his last supper. It's a commemoration of his of his death and his resurrection. It is think about it. When he was resurrected, the first thing he did was he broke bread uh, to the road to the people on the road to Emmaus. He broke bread mm-hmm. and blessed it. That's 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 that is sacred. That's and so I think I think the leadership doesn't they haven't been taught enough to yeah. say. Because you know, you know, literally, I could I could be a bishop for two hundred fifty dollars <laughs> if I wanted to. I just I'm just yeah. putting it out there. Yeah. Okay, I could be a bishop right now. You can call me yeah. bishop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to speak from my own experience. Um, having gone from lower church and visiting some higher church, and even just learning about higher church, it's one thing I found really fascinating. Again, not saying one's better than the other or anything. It really blew my mind how, from the moment you step foot into the um i don't know what you call it 
where the congregation sits. <laughs> Man, I wish I was better at words, Kino. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's you, once you step into the sanctuary. It's the yeah, sanctuary. As soon as you step foot into the sanctuary, everything is geared to remind you of Christ's death and resurrection. From, you know, the focus on the cross to the communion at the end to, you know, every little thing was meant to remind you of that. Even if they're not teaching about the resurrection that week, everything's meant to remind you of that. And there's something about the sacredness in just remembering that that I found that in our prayer at the end of service really tenders my heart because I've spent the last hour thinking about the death and resurrection of Christ. It's funny enough that that is a part of our Jewish tradition as Judeo-Christians because the Passover, God said, this is supposed to be a perpetual memory between you and your children, your, your children's children. And so we do the same thing by recounting, retelling the story of Christ's death and resurrection through the Last Supper. Mm. Through the Last Supper. Amen. Well, guys, whether <laughs> whether you go to a high church, low church, whatever, I think everybody can treat communion more sacred. It's definitely worth doing just to remember what Christ has done for us, tender our hearts. And yet, guys, we we somehow started talking about Indiana Jones and came up with communion and the importance of treating it sacred. <laughs> but that's what this show is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, Kino, you have anything else you want to add about Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Last Ark before we wrap this up? So so if if you have not watched Indiana Jones in the last year, watch mm. it. And, and I would <laughs> suggest that you pull – you get those – Gen Y and Gen Z, tell them to put their phones down. We finna sit down and get popcorn <laughs> and watch this movie so oh, that yeah. they can be blown away because this this is a great movie. So I say just pull the family together and watch watch it within the next week or two. Oh, just, yes. Yeah. I when I, am, when I am asked what my favorite movie is, I t- try to tell people it's a three-way tie. And depending on when you ask me is what I'll say between Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Star Wars A New Hope, and Captain America Winter Soldier. Right now, I would tell you it's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom because I've been watching Indiana <laughs> Jones all the time. <laughs> you ask me next week, it might be something else. I don't know. <laughs> but it's going to be one of those three. Yeah. Guys, I cannot recommend this highly enough. Please, please do watch it. And and bug Bethesda about the video game they're making. They're going to be doing a game about classic Indiana Jones telling a brand new story, and I can't wait for that. That's going to be good. All right, let's wrap this up. Kino, one thing we've been doing, we've been asking everybody the favorite snacks at a theater. I want to know what's your favorite snack and what, what's your go-to beverage when you go to the movies? So so since since my kids have been babies and we've gone to we have we we always and, and if I don't do it, they'll get me on it. So I know I know it's a <laughs> tradition now. We always go to the dollar store. And they yeah. can buy all the candy and snacks they want. <laughs> and so that's what we do. And then at the movies, we will buy a big thing of popcorn. And uh, But my go-to drink is Sprite. It's just easier that way. But now, you know, they got the whole selection. So it could be it could be how I'm feeling. It could be Fanta Peach or it could be uh, <laughs> Raspberry Lemonade. It could just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to get that blue raspberry icy or I haven't really gone to the theater. I love those, man. <laughs> yeah, no. So we get those a quick trip. So that, that, it, it's OK now. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah, that's right. QT makes everything too easy these days. They do. They do. <laughs> How about oh, you? Man. How about you? What's, what's your go to? You said a the blue, blue raspberry. Blue raspberry icy. 
The blue raspberry <laughs> ice. Yeah. As far as snacks, my, my wife doesn't like popcorn. So I have to like, I have to get creative these days. She doesn't like the smell of popcorn. It makes she her nauseous. Like oh, yeah, man, okay. it, it's crazy. So I'll end up getting nachos lately. So okay. I'll end up with nachos in a, in a blue icy. <laughs> Oh, the flavor is blue. blue. They might yeah. tell you it's blue raspberry, but the flavor is blue. blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is... Well, guys, hey, if you want to let us know what you do at the theater or what you think of Indiana Jones, go over to our Facebook group. Let us know. We have a pretty active chat over there. And on Patreon, we have all kinds of special shows. If you guys want to support our show over on Patreon, actually, TJ's just now starting this coming week. Drinks with TJ's where he's going to be just talking about different beverages. Uh, first one, I believe, is going to be a cup of Joe with Joe. So check out uh, TJ talking about beverages. <laughs> I want to I want to say let's let's do tequila once. OK, <laughs> OK. Uh, TJ's going to interview Kino about tequila. It'll be a, it'll be a great series. So, you guys, think, make sure you you're supporting us on Patreon yeah, for that. Just, we can be all on the Bible on that one. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> do you see, you guys do not want to miss. You do not want to miss our patreon specials that's where all the fun is at yes yes it is <laughs> and if you guys want to see everything else that our hosts do you can always go to our website systematicgeekology.org hit host kino and i are both there everything we do as soon as his church gets a facebook page we're gonna put that up on there too yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, guys remember we are all the chosen people a geekdom of priests This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.